All right, good morning. We are teaching others also. This morning we're going to continue with uh, why now? Why now? Why are you doing, pursuing what you're doing right now? It's February 2022. It happens to be February 15th, 2022. And because of that, we're going to go to the third thought that I jotted down a while back when I was personally doing this. And what I was doing was just honestly looking at the idea, as I do often, why now? I don't know if you do it much, but I I really recommend it. It's not doubting yourself. It's not doubting or trying to find a formula. 2 Timothy chapter 2, by the way, let's do that this morning. 2 Timothy 2 for a little while. And we talked about stewardship of a gift. And of course, that means that you should spend time with the Lord, know what God's gifted you at. And, of course, you've got to do something with that gift. Okay? Uh, stewardship of a gift. Then we talked about seeing to and sowing the seed. In other words, uh, that is something we're to be aware and keenly aware of all the time. That's why we're doing the thing fishing for souls that we'll pick up in the morning. And so this morning, I'm going to look at the third thought, which is sharpening my own senses with the sword. Sharpening my own senses. Sharpening my own sword. You know, I've, I've heard it said so many times, you, you have that old phrase, especially in certain occupations, you know, them that can't teach. Well, the best I can tell, that goes completely against the Bible. Uh, Chambers, I believe it was Sunday morning, the 13th, Chambers' uh, devotion was, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. It was out of First Samuel, and it was about First, uh, little, little Samuel, you know, the, the man who became the prophet and the priest, and he's over there in First Samuel chapter 3, and of course he's the child given an answer to prayer. Uh, his mother dedicated him to, to God before he was ever even conceived. She followed through on her vow. She took him to the tabernacle, presented him to Eli, and he trained him. Uh, I've heard some scathing sermons about Eli and his sons and all that. And uh, Eli should have put him out of the ministry is what he should have done. But he evidently did try his best in other er parts and areas. And the reason you know that is... The Lord tasked him with training Samuel. Okay? And so our friend Eli was on the right track. His boys just come out bad. And the, the thing he didn't do was let them stay, was, was remove them. He let them stay in the ministry. Now, those are things that you've got to get sharper on through life so that you see through stuff. I've heard some preaching that got everybody all going and amen and I mean, you know, preachers in the congregation there at a special meeting, they're amen and and I I wonder sometimes if they ever stop and wonder or ask themselves, is that what the passage says? And it's not a matter of being critical, but I mean the clear teaching. I'm not talking about the consideration conjecture. In fact, the amen consideration conjecture and they've lost sight of the clear teaching. So sharpening your senses, and what I mean by that is he said, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. And so the concept, the idea that, you know, them that can't teach. In other words, 
if you can't really preach, you teach. Now, now wait, hold on. I'm going to be the first to tell you that I have sat through many an hour in an institution where the people doing the teaching couldn't actually do the preaching. But who better, if they really can preach the word, who better to be able to teach others also? But to do so, you've got to sharpen your senses in the sword, your senses with the sword constantly. So in 2 Timothy 2, the first part, he tells him, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's a personal relationship. He said, therefore, thou therefore my son. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Well, this is a formula that God gave. Everybody, you guys want a system? This is a system. And that system isn't accomplished always in a formal environment. However, many should have had a formal environment that just didn't want to take the time to do it. It's time consuming. It takes a commitment on the part of the one doing the committing to others. The same commit thou to faithful men. Well, you commit thou to them by communicating it to them over and over. And then he goes on to talk about being a good soldier of Christ and their hardness, verse 3, etc. Go down through the passage with me, and I want to look at, start with one verse for a few minutes this morning, in verse 15, a verse many, many of you are familiar with, where he said, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Okay, so we understand and we know that if you and I are to be able to do God's work, we got to be able to endure, we've got to not be entangled with the things of this life, and we've also got to study to show ourselves approved from God. You've got to study, and the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, study as much weariness of the flesh. Now, it matters what you study. And this is not a preparation delivery sermons class. This is not... Uh, a ministry class, we don't have that kind of time here. We do that in a, in, in a training environment. But let me say this. It's not an accident that in your other versions of the English versions that they've dropped that word study. The darling of the modern age, the ESV, tells you to do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth. It says study. It says study. Now, many of you, many of you are going to be hung up on the idea that he says rightly dividing. So let's talk about that for a minute. Rightly dividing. Let me ask you this. Do you know the difference between something that's a clear teaching and a conjecture? Do you? If you don't, you don't know how to rightly divide. You say, I've got the dispensations memorized. And I can tell you where it does this and where it does that. And, I, and, and I've even got it divided by books. Well, that's, that's up to you. But that's not rightly dividing. Okay? It's not. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay? If you're not careful, you stop sharpening your senses because you think you put an edge on those senses by learning something somebody else taught word for word. And now your senses aren't sharper than they were. They're actually duller. 
Now, I'm saying that not as a, a condemnation, maybe a challenge, yeah. But I, I can say this as an absolute. You've got to sharpen your senses continually. Okay? Now, I realize that we don't, you, let's say you fellas, you know what I'm about to say, you've got a knife. Let's say you've got a good pocket knife. And, you know, if you're dressed, if you've got your jeans, your trousers, your pants on, you've got a knife in your pocket somewhere. Might be a clip knife, might be a pocket knife, might be a case, might be a K-bar, uh, might be an old timer, whatever it is, you've got one. And, of course, if you've got one, you want to keep an edge on it. Now, you, you, can't, you don't want to sharpen it so much that you, you know, wear away the steel. However, I've got one that I had to quit carrying in my pocket. That uh, locking blade old timer that finally, after years, I mean 15, 20 years of every now and then getting it sharp, uh, it got to where the point, if you know what I'm talking about, some of y'all will stick it out of the handle a little bit and it would catch on your jeans pocket when you're working and start ripping a hole in it. But that's not going to be true of you and your Bible. If you rightly divide, for example, knowing how to truly apply, make application to the Christian life of the Word of God, that's rightly dividing. Uh, knowing where to draw the line on ultra-dividing your Bible is rightly dividing. You know, one phrase sticks out in my mind that I heard in the, from the very beginning, learning from the old-time Bible teacher, was he said, we are moderate dispensationalist now i know if you listen to him sometimes you know you think well i don't know if that was moderate because he was trying to show them certain things and i get it personally but so many people have taken and they think that knowing some divisions in your bible is what rightly dividing is and if you look at your bible you know that's not true and if you want to hint at it if you want to hint at it come over to hebrews for a minute yeah you're the book that you don't you know don't believe in Hebrews chapter four. <laughs> I, I am. I'm being a little sarcastic. I, I've watched people cringe who are ultra. They don't know they're an ultra dispensationalist, but they are. If you cringe when somebody mentions Hebrews and James, you've gone too far. You would have no idea about the New Testament, the full idea of the New Testament priesthood of Jesus Christ without the book of Hebrews. And there's a bunch of stuff in the book of James you'd have no idea about, the, about how to rightly divide the difference between working your way to heaven and working out your salvation without the book of James. There's a lot here, see? So in Hebrews chapter 4, many of you, well, almost all of us have it memorized, starting in verse 12. Verse 11 is a great verse, by the way. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You've got to keep your senses sharpened with the sword. In other words, the sword is what makes our senses sharp. Get it? Now watch. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now I don't know if you understand much about cutting, but one of the most effective cutting blades and dangerous is a two-edged blade. They make a couple different kind of knives that are uh, assisted opening, and a couple of them have are, are double-edged. Both sides of that blade are sharp. you got to really be careful with that knife. It's amazing. You can slice through stuff with it. You can punch holes through with it quickly if you needed to. So he said, and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now watch, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now does that mean you 
are going to be able to explain soul and spirit? No. Look, and of the joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intent of the heart. What is? Are you? No. The Word of God. Does that mean if you study to show yourself approved, you are going to be able to discern it? No. It means you're going to be able for God to lead you through verses that he brings back to your mind that you've memorized or read frequently, giving him a chance to help you memorize it. John chapter 14, verse 26, look it up. He promises to bring them to our memory. But the word of God divides between even soul and spirit and joints and marrow and is a discerner. Verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open on the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So when we sharpen our senses, okay, we are, allow, we, are, we are preparing our heart and mind for God to use us. Not just in leading us, but for others. We can't be, you can't be led by the word if you don't know it and stay in it. Here's, here's a, a burden I have for people who love the Bible. They do love it. They love their King James Bible. But my burden is they have not sat under or perhaps pursued or looked for things that will help them to have sharpened senses in the Word of God when it comes to understanding application, to understanding uh, inter interpreting. See, not interpreting like retranslating, interpreting as in into daily life. So many people start with the earthly picture and then try to find a scripture for it. I hear preaching all the time that does that. In all my years of travel, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've heard somebody get up and, you, and they mean well and sometimes the scripture fits, but sometimes it doesn't. But you can just tell that they're you know going down the road or whatever and they see a, a physical illustration, a natural illustration, and they go looking for a scripture instead of vice versa. Now, I don't know if you understand that, and I'm not going to take, you know, all the time to pursue the difference in how that works, but I can just say this. When your senses, when you sharpen your own senses in the Word, when you sharpen your senses with the Word, then what happens is it's, it's you're saying, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. Guide me, Lord. Guide me as I'm thinking. When we're in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and he says to study... Go back there with me for a minute. Let's look above and below this verse. Okay? Now, in verse 10, he said, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. It is a faithful saying. Now watch. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Praise God. Wouldn't that be a blessing today? If we suffer... <clears throat> we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. You go make a visit. You make a visit. Someone who may have had a head injury or maybe they're getting older or they got Alzheimer's or dementia and they can't remember it, this and that. Well, the Lord hasn't forgotten them. They've just forgotten the brain isn't working. Now, if you deny him, verse 12, he's going to deny you to reign and deny you some rewards. He's not going to deny you before the Father because he said he wouldn't. Now watch. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive 
not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Are you striving ever? Do you find yourself striving with the divisions in your Bible and words and titles in your Bible? Do you ultra-divide kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven? If you're doing it, it can keep you from being effective for the Lord and the way he wants you to be. Because he says, don't do that. He says, remind them of these basic things. And by the way, it's important to get reminded of them. That's most of the time I've found people who lose their way or just like the rest of us, you get maybe discouraged or you get tired or you get defeated or just a bit isolated, that kind of thing. You go through a disaster, you go through debt, you go through disease, you go through people that, that go through divisions of family members, they go through divorce, they go through just all kind of stuff. And we have to go back to the beginning each time we remind ourselves. So watch this. So then he says, study to show thyself. And then in verse 16, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as doth the canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus. You say, what's that canker? You could liken it to cancer. You can liken it to, to uh, an infected wound, to gangrene. There's several applications in the old English of it. Who concerning the truth of error, in this particular case, saying that the resurrection is past already. You know, some of these people who are going on and they're getting all shake, shook, shooken, shook, they're getting all shook up, <laughs> all shaken, and they're all about, you know, the mid-trib rapture and all this stuff of the church. You know what's happened? They haven't kept their senses sharpened. They've let the senses get dull. You can't be a blessing to others without sharpened senses in the Word. In the Word. One of the, one of the reasons to read your Bible, one of the reasons to keep a, some notebook paper or a piece of paper or a little spiral notebook or something handy and jot stuff down isn't always, and, and I, I want to throw this in here. If you happen to listen and you're, say, a pastor or a preacher of some kind or you travel or a missionary or Sunday school teacher, whatever. If you're not reading your Bible to sharpen your senses for you, you can't be a blessing to others the way God wants you to be. You might find something to say. Somebody might even say, oh, that was really good. But what they ought to learn to say to you sometimes, oh, that was clever. I, don't, I didn't do nothing, but it was clever. Well, clever isn't our goal. If you happen to get a good, sharp outline, praise the Lord, but that's not the goal. You get it? The goal is for us to communicate God's message to others. And the goal is for people to get their own senses sharpened in the Word. Now, sharpening my own senses. Here's what I've observed in the Bible. Here's what I've observed in the old time men of God and of course by practicing in my own life. The more I get in this book and the more I read it for the purpose of just sharpening my own senses, sense of application, okay? The, my sense of awareness of the things of God and the things of the world, this contrast so that I don't get entangled as he warns about earlier in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. The more I, it reminds me of what I'm supposed to be doing, my stewardship of my gift, reminds me of, of seeing to and sowing the seed, reminds me then 
that I got to keep my senses sharp. Now, the great challenge is that we're supposed to do that while, while living an everyday life in this world. You cannot avoid and escape the world to do it. You can't go into a monastic type of existence or ignoring what's going on. I would, I would really encourage you today, Tuesday, February 15th, to read Oswald Chambers for today. His, his, it's about, it, he titled it, Am I My Brother's Keeper? None of us liveth to himself, Romans 14, 7. I'd encourage you to read that. That You, you should be doing devotions that you say, well, I want something that is airy-fairy and encourages my heart. Okay, that's great. It is. It's great. But you also need to do something that's going to sharpen your spiritual senses in Christ. That's going to sharpen your senses in God. Because we need them sharp. Out there in the world where people have to do uh, law enforcement, we'll say, or defend people or protect people, or they're in, in dangerous situations, they talk about having your head on a swivel. What does that mean? That means being aware, having your senses sharpened. It's important for us to have our senses sharpened. And I will say this today. I'm going to close this on this point. We've got a couple more points on this thing of why now. Why sharpen my senses? Now you say we're so close to the end. Amen. We are. Now, it might be 10 years. I don't know. And you really don't know. And if you're trying to find comfort and listen to these guys that I get links and stuff from people, and I appreciate that. I do. But I watch a few minutes and I'm like, he's going to spend this whole time trying to act like he knows when. He can't know when. He ain't the Lord. And God ain't going to give a guy a formula. But if he would spend his time sharpening his senses in the book and give us something from the book, then that would make a big difference. Because see, when I get to the judgment seat of Christ, I want to have done my, the stewardship of my gift. I want to have been about seeing to and sowing the seed. Remember what seeing to was? Some plant and some sow and some water and God gives the increase. So the increase Nobody gets the credit for it. You, you need to get this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this in this morning. It's been on my heart forever. You will not get credit for the increase. If you happen to be the one that the fruit is plucked, walks down the aisle, makes a profession of faith, whatever it is at the time, you will not get credit for the increase because God does that. Will he, hopefully he'll count you faithful in watering that seed. Hopefully he'll count you faithful in plowing, planting, uh, watering. But God gives the increase. Being the typical Gentiles that we are in the age that we live in, the typical born-again Gentile believers, we are all about, the Gentiles are all about productivity and all about reward and all about credit. And God said, no, it's, this is the ultimate teamwork, but I, him, he himself, God, he gives the increase. You want to keep your senses sharpened? Get that in. Remind yourself. Read the passages. See, when you stay in it, when you stay in that book as a Christian, when you do that, what happens is you get more keenly aware of what God really said and not how we feel. 
or you get more keenly aware, for example, of what God really said and how we're to approach it in contrast to what somebody said because it sounded clever. There are some really good men, and, and, and man, I've getting, gotten blessings from their preaching, and every now and then they'll get up and they'll go, they'll start something, and you're like, where, where on earth did they get that? And it's because sometimes we're tempted as humans, even though we are saved and we're a new you know, creature in Christ, we're tempted as humans to take something that sounds good and makes sense in that, we grab some scriptures or whatever and pursue it. And, and, and in, in reality, we should have backed up and got our, our knife a little sharper, our blade sharper. Now, let me say this. You can be, you can be uh, working with a, a round bar instead of a sword and think you've got a sharp sword by having some clever outline. You can. I promise you. And really, you're just beating around the place. And you might get something out of it. But if it gets increased, God gave the increase. I, I, hope you'll, I hope you'll write that down somewhere. I hope it'll be your model. God gives the increase. God does. You and I don't make it happen. We're not the vessels of it. God gives the increase. That is, that is something the old timers were profoundly aware of constantly. They were profoundly aware of that God gives the increase and not man. So today, why? Now. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Now. Well, one of the things, and one of the things we ought to be doing the right things of, why now? To sharpen my own senses. Why should you read your Bible? Why should you put stuff into a, 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 a form that you can remember and practice and be ready to teach someone? You, you know, wouldn't it be a blessing? D.L. Moody said this. Dale Moody said this, I mean, a long time ago, okay? He said it over a hundred years ago, that in the United States of America, the crying need was for laymen, they called them, who could teach and preach the Bible to other men and other people. Because he said that there are far more of them and they have more contact with people. And he said that's one of the great things. You know, you know when, when I came to Christ and got around Christians and stuff, it was very, very normal for there to be, a, you know, a men's Bible study. Sometimes it'd be in a, and I know we got COVID, I get all that, but it'd be in the room of a, you know, a restaurant or something. And it wouldn't be some formal thing where the church was trying to build attendance. It wouldn't be some formal thing where they're trying to get money or cumbersome. It would be men who wanted to study the Bible and be taught the basics of the Bible. And it was being done by men in the church. They weren't break-offs from the church. They weren't trying to supplant the pastor. The pastor was happy for him to be doing it because they were reproducing other men who wanted to follow Christ. To do that, you've got to keep your senses sharpened so that you can have an effect on people on the moment. Have you never had the idea where you were in a conversation or something with somebody, went away, and then you're like, you know what? That was an opportunity that I missed. That was an opportunity to just sow the seed in there. You see, <laughs> the answer isn't always bludgeon people. Sometimes God wants to be surgical with them and help them and insert that in there and then let it work. You don't destroy the earth to plant the seed. You skillfully plant it and then you water it. 
And then what? That's right. Yep. God gives the increase. I hope you have a great day. God bless you. I hope this is a blessing to you. Talk to you in the morning. Bye.